Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mitch, the, you guys had built that offensive identity through the month of December. I guess, can you put a finger on why that kind of escaped you guys? And, and do you feel like you were still put in the best positions to succeed against some better defenses like the Packers and Saints? Yeah, I don't know. I think we just kind of got away from it tonight a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure why. I just uh, just go out there, try to do my job to the best of my ability and, and try to go out there and lead my teammates. When you're not efficient on first or second down and they're putting you on, putting you in known passing situations, you also got to be able to pass the ball and convert on third down that way. But we we didn't tonight and it was just we didn't execute we didn't put ourselves in a good position we got to get that run game going a little bit more so everything else can come off of that but you got to give them credit they they came out they they played better than we did and they were the better team tonight Yep, they certainly were Mitchell Trubisky. Maybe his last game as a Chicago Bear. Joe Ostrowski here Sports Radio 670 the score. Let's talk with the man that asked that question to Trubisky. J.J. Stankovic joins me on the Alpamonte Nissan Hotline, Alpamonte Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APNissan.com. Find his work, NBCSportsChicago.com. Good evening, J.J. How you doing, man? I'm great, Joe. How are you? Well, it was a probably, when you look at the final score, it was pretty much what most of us expected. It was close to the point spread. I know there was a garbage touchdown in the very end, but once again, you play it out and, and you find things that really, really bother you about the current state of this team and the future. Yeah, I mean, the the way that the Bears played was, was really bad, and I, I, I put this tweet out that I think kind of summed up how a lot of people feel about the Bears' season. They played in front of a national audience five times. And in four of those games, they just got embarrassed. You know, when they lost to the Rams, when they lost to the, uh, the Vikings on Monday Night Football, when they lost to the Packers on, uh, on Sunday Night Football, like the, those games are going to stick with Bears fans for a long time. And the, the way that the season's played out, like the, the overwhelming feeling I got was just like it wasn't fun. Like the, there wasn't a lot of fun happening during this season. Um, and I think that's maybe the biggest shame about this whole year is that even though the Bears made the playoffs, they did not play a brand of football that was particularly enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Why, why wasn't it fun? Because year three, we expected to see more out of Trubisky, um, and, and Matt Nagy's offense. Uh, probably we expected more out of the defense. Why do you think it wasn't fun? Why do you say that? I, I think it wasn't fun because, I mean, the, the offense was, you know, bad for most of the year. And then the defense just didn't make game-changing plays. There, there weren't sacks and interceptions and forced fumbles. And, 
and anything along those lines. It was a lot of bend, don't break, settle for a field goal, you know, give up some yards, you know, try to force a punt, that type of stuff. It wasn't, hey, let's go get the ball. And, and then on offense, the, it was just disjointed for so much of the year until they played some bad defenses that, you know, it, it, the, the Bears just didn't look competitive on offense in so many games. And to me, those, those two things kind of lead you to saying that that was really not a very enjoyable experience with this 2020 Bears team. Yeah, I start off the show by saying that uh, that result yesterday is pretty indicative of how the entire season went. Like this, the score doesn't look terrible, but throughout the year, when you look at their nine losses, there are some that m- maybe people will forget, and they'll look back on Negi's third year and say, "Okay, look at all these one-score losses to Indianapolis and Tennessee, and even Minnesota. It was a close score, but." the opposition controlled much of those games. Right. You know, and yeah, the one score losses to the Colts and the Titans only because of garbage time touchdowns, right. like that doesn't count for anything. You know, if Matt Nagy were to, you know, sit down with George McCaskey and try to cite that as a reason why the bears have made progress, like, Hey, look, we are playing close games with playoff teams. Like, no, they didn't. They got their butts kicked by the Rams. They got their butts kicked by the Colts. They got their butts kicked by the Titans. They got their butts kicked by the Packers twice. I mean, it, it was, the, you know, they got their butts kicked by the Saints uh, then in the playoffs. But, no, the, the Bears were not particularly competitive in these big games outside of really the Buccaneers game. Um, and, and there were, you know, even in, you know, like last year, the Bears had that one game in 2019 where they, they got blown out by the Saints there were some garbage time scores, and Matt Nagy basically dismissed those. I was like, I don't care about that at all. But that was one game. The Bears seemed to be playing in garbage time just so much this year. And, and whether it was the Colts, the Titans, that first Packers game, that does not, that should not change the narrative about this team. Head coach, GM, uh, the QB one to end the year. How many are back in 2021? Uh, I think the head coach is back. And I say that with the most confidence. And then after that, I think the GM is back. And then beyond that, I, you know, I wrote the column yesterday on MCSportsChicago.com that Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky are heading for a breakup. And yeah. I, I, you know, if Matt Nagy is not going to trust Mitch Trubisky in a playoff game, especially, you know, the, the situation I highlighted was at the end of the first half, then what are we doing here? There, there's no need for this to continue. Um, the Bears may wind up with a worse quarterback than Mitch Trubisky as their starter. Next year, whether it's a draft pick, whether it's a cheap free agent, whether it's Nick Foles as their starter, who will still be on their roster. Um, but the, there's, there's very little need to, to continue this Matt Nagy-Mitch Trubisky yep. relationship. I think it, it reached its end last night. There, there's no doubt about that. Uh, we've seen the head coach not trust the quarterback for two years now. <laughs> the only way you would think that Trubisky is back is if he is forced upon Matt Nagy. I, I don't think he really wanted him for this past season, but he agreed to it. And with that agreement, he got in his guy Foles and he brought in a bunch of Foles' old uh coaches on the offensive side and it was all set up uh, for Foles to eventually take over and he did before the Bears even lost a game but uh, we know what happened there yeah I, I agree it's all gonna be back okay so he, here's the chance here's where I'm at with this I agree with you 100 percent 
Of the three, Trubisky's going, and he's probably going to be the only one to go. Pace is still a bit of a question mark, but I, I think you're dead on there. Is how do you how do you get the next quarterback and also keep Ryan Pace? Can you do that? Well, you you can do that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. You know, Ryan Pace is now whiffed on three quarterback decisions, so I don't know if it's a particularly sound line of thinking. Um, but, you, no, you can do that. And the way that I guess you can justify it is that you're not going to get the quarterback of the future this year. The, the Bears are relatively stuck with the 20th overall pick and a meager amount of cap space. It's not particularly likely to me that they go out and they get a franchise quarterback in March or April of this year. That, that just seems unlikely. The Bears as a destination are nowhere near the top of any quarterback's list. Uh, you know, if you're looking at if Deshaun Watson wants to be traded out of Houston, I don't know why he would want to come to Chicago other than he likes messing around and following uh, meteorologists here in the city. <laughs> uh, Did he follow you? you know, yeah, right. Like, you know, but like if I'm Dak Prescott and – all of a sudden I become a free agent because Dallas doesn't want to pay me, you know, what I, what I deserve. I don't think I'm considering the bears when the 49ers might, might need a quarterback. The Patriots need a quarterback. Um, there are the, the Colts need a quarterback. I mean, there are better jobs with teams with more money to spend out there than the bears. So I think the long winded way of saying that is that right. The, the person who Ryan Pace picks to join Nick Foles in the Bears quarterback group or people, those guys, maybe, maybe they wind up being, you know, better than expected, but I don't know if I'm counting on that person or those people to become the franchise altering quarterback that this team so desperately needs just based on where the bears are picking and how much money they have to spend. I'm asking this question on the day that Doug Peterson leaves the Eagles and they look to the future with their quarterback and the front office was right about Wentz and they're like, yeah, we're going to move on. We're going to get Jalen hurts and a lot of controversy and everything there. Now I'm asking this question on the day that this happens, but if you draft a quarterback in the first or second round, you're keeping Matt Nagy. Are, are you making a commitment to, to Nagy um, for him to coach said quarterback for the rest of his contract with his two more years? Uh, Probably not. Um, and, and I think the Eagles comparison here is a good one in that it's not just about developing the quarterback. You know, obviously with Carson Wentz, his, you know, significant regression played a part in it. Jalen Hurts then, you know, being drafted. But, the, the you know, the Eagles not really saying, all right, Doug Peterson and Jalen Hurts are tied together. I don't think that's the case with Matt Nagy and whoever it may be, whether it's like a Mac Jones or a Kyle Trask or someone like that. I don't think that person is tied to Matt Nagy and I don't think Matt Nagy is tied to that person. So I I, I think that this is a, this is kind of a spot where it's, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's probably not going to be incredibly fun and enjoyable. Um, But this is sort of the direction the bears are going. It's not, a, uh, a very encouraging future for this franchise. How many new wide receivers next year? Oh boy. I mean, that's, that <laughs> is a great question. Cause it's a lot. It's going to be a lot. Um, 
I, I think Allen Robinson, you know, his comments today kind of cemented the belief that I've been, you know, have I really have had since September that he's probably not going to be back next year. Uh, the Bears had their shot at him. He's now going to become a free agent. If they want to franchise tag him, he's going to be furious. And it just seems like that is also headed for uh, a split. And then Anthony Miller, I mean, what justification does he have to stay on this team? To, to pull what he pulled yesterday uh, was just unfathomably stupid given everything that had gone on this year, and also given that you just don't punch someone at all, let alone in a playoff game. And the Bears can save about a million bucks against the cap if they got get rid of Anthony Miller, uh, which is not an insignificant amount of money based on what the Bears' cap situation might look like. And so, you know, he might be gone. Javon Wims, I don't think, is going to have a place on this team. You got Darnell Mooney coming back. Uh, Riley Ridley has barely played at all. He, does, he is not guaranteed a roster spot next year, especially if there might be some new coaches in place, maybe uh, you know some new front office people. So we're talking about a lot of turnover in that wide receiver room. Uh, and, and Darnell Mooney, for as good as he was this year, uh, unless Darnell Mooney develops into a number one wide receiver, the Bears aren't going to have that in 2021. Wow. Uh, Joe Ostrowski with J.J. Stakovich, Sports Radio 670, The Score. J.J., as you're going through that, I, I, so I, I've talked a lot about 8-8 eight and eight and you go 8-8 eight and eight again or somewhere in that range. We remember coming into the season, Falcons 7-9, 7-9. of the league criticizes them for running it back and they run it back and it was a disaster and they move on from the head coach and GM very early in the year. And maybe the Bears run it back with the head coach and GM after back-to-back eight and eight seasons, and you're telling me there's there's a chance that QB1 is Foles and wide receiver one is Mooney. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the, the, this is what, this is kind of the, the peril of being an eight and eight team, is you're not, you're not good enough to really compete for a Super Bowl, and you're not bad enough to remake your roster. The, the Bears are an 8-8 eight and eight team that went all in on 2020 after going 8-8 eight eight 2019, and it produced the exact same record. So we're, we're not talking about, you know, the, the Bears remaking themselves this offseason. They don't really have that flexibility. And if they do, for the Bears to get that flexibility, we're talking about cutting Kyle Fuller, cutting Akeem Hicks, or trading those guys, trading guys who are the heart and soul of your defense. and that's not going to have the kind of impact you want it to have if you're trying to contend again in 2021. So uh, I I would encourage everyone listening to this, go read what Robert Mays wrote on the ringer over the summer. Uh, I don't remember the exact headline, but it was along the lines of the the bears of the bleakest future in the NFL. Basically everything Robert wrote in that article came true. And I wish I had written it because it was a great, a great article, great bit of analysis. Uh, And I think that, that kind of sums up where the Bears are right now. It, it, it feels relatively bleak. How Pace has built this roster, spending the most money on defense of any team in the NFL. They can't be top 12, top 10. They need to be elite. They have not been elite. Um, first name that comes to mind when you think about the issues on defense this year is you didn't get Eddie Jackson. How do you explain Eddie Jackson? It's a good question. Uh, we were talking about this on the Under Center podcast uh, because we got a question about it. 
And I think it's a combination of him pressing, you know, kind of not like maybe and pressing not like he's, you know, like jumping routes and missing, but just like he's not maybe trusting himself the way that he had in years past. And then the, the other part of that slider is coaching and something that I, I, I'm kind of thinking about here is how many times in 2018 Eddie Jackson referenced the like the notes and the details that Ed Donatel gave him, the old Bears secondary coach. Yeah. Uh, how that helped him that year read read his keys and confidently jump these routes and get those interceptions. That's all kind of gone away. And I, I think he's one of the guys that if the Bears do make coaching changes on the defensive side of the ball, he's going to be one of the reasons why. Because the Bears are paying him a lot of money. He's the second highest paid safety in the NFL. They paid him a lot of money because he can pick the ball off. And Eddie Jackson had no interceptions this year. I know he had two taken off the board, but he also dropped two. It all kind of evened out. So the Bears need to get more out of him. It, it's a mystery. You know, I don't want to fall down the rabbit hole of, like, you know, questioning his effort and saying, oh, well, you know, he got this contract extension. Now he doesn't care. Because I, that, I feel like that's sometimes kind of an unfair uh, slope to go down. But his, his regression and his poor play this year really stood out. And, and that goes back to what I was saying at the top of your show, Joe, that the Bears just weren't very enjoyable to watch. You didn't have Eddie Jackson picking off passes and running into the end zone, uh, you know, at least after the first couple of weeks without a flag being thrown. It, it was just it, – it was disappointing. What is Matt Nagy going to do to his coaching staff? So I, I would think that Bill Lazor will be back. Um, that, uh, if you go through three offensive coordinators in three years, you are, you're really asking for it. Uh, <laughs> I, I think if the Bears are going to make a change, I think they need to take a hard look at Chuck Pagano, which I really, yeah. you know, Chuck's a, he's a good guy. I don't, I, I hate always, you know, being, you know, advocating for anyone to lose their job. Uh, but the, the Bears defense is the fourth highest paid defense in terms of cap dollars in 2020. Next year, right now, the Bears have more cap commitments to their defense than any other team in the NFL by a, a double-digit margin. So the, the Bears can't just settle for, being the seventh or eighth best defense in DVOA. They've got to be up there at number one, number two again, because they, they have paid so much money to this defense. So they, they have really got to take a hard look at the coaching and knowing full well that the personnel is not really able to change. So you take, you got to take a look at the coaching. Chuck Pagano has been here for two years. Um, does that require a change? You know, the, the, re- the thing I've referenced a couple times, um, on the Under Center podcast has been the Rams last offseason. You know, Sean McVay parted ways with Wade Phillips, who obviously is a very well-respected defensive mind in football. And it was kind of surprising. Like, we're getting rid of Wade, Wade Phillips and we're replacing him with this, this guy, Brandon Staley, who's never been a defensive coordinator outside of, like, Division three before. And it turned out it worked. It worked great. The Rams are the best defense in the NFL right now in the playoffs. And... Mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of bold action Matt Nagy might need to think about taking to really try to get the most out of this very highly paid defense. Did you hear much about Staley? Because uh, you were just jumping on the beat uh, when he was here a couple of years as his coach, as the outside you linebackers know, I, coach. Yeah, I, I remember the you know the when the Bears traded for Khalil Mack, he was kind of Mack's right hand man to you know get him up to speed as fast as he did, and and a lot of folks credited him with 
how well Khalil Mack started the 2018 season. Um, but no, I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I didn't expect Brandon Staley to be a, you know, one of the most up-and-coming defensive coordinators in the NFL two years later. Um, and, and that's not to say that, yeah. you know, I, I, I think I missed something. I just think that when you're, you're talking about young position coaches, it's kind of hard to sometimes tell who's going to succeed and who isn't. But Staley always had a lot of – he was always very detailed in everything that he, he did. And those, those are the people, kind of looking back at it, those are the people who succeed. And, and Brandon Staley, you know, I guess in retrospect, he was the one that got away, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's what it appears to be. Um, you know, I, I left probably the most important question until the very end. Uh, my bad at, on that one. But uh, is there going to be any real change at the top? I'm not necessarily pointing a finger and saying fire Ted Phillips. Just, just how they do things. Another football voice ahead of the general manager. That's, I think that's kind of the question of this offseason for me, because even if the Bears were to get rid of Ryan Pace or get rid of Matt Nagy, you're still keeping the same structure in place, the same structure that has done really nothing for you as a franchise. Um, to me, that, that's the biggest question. I, I tend to think the Bears are going to do something and, and have someone either come in next to Ted Phillips uh, Ted Phillips steps away, whatever it may be. And that's not something I was expecting to happen today, certainly. That's something I would expect to happen maybe later in the week um, if it does happen. But that, that's kind of, I guess, if you're, you're asking me on my like, you know, confidence level of what change is going to happen, I think you know, Mitch not being back is probably at the top of my list. Uh, and then maybe Pagano not being back, number two. And then number three would be some kind of actionable change at the top top level of the organization um, and to me that's the one that is will will be the most important and have the biggest impact on this franchise in the 2020s no no doubt i mean you do that i i don't care if you're running it back and let's say i'm not the biggest fan of negi and or pace i i don't care about that that's that's impactful change we all say that it starts at the top well if there's change at the very top i can get behind that right and i think that's that's what I, I, I sense a lot of Bears fans are clamoring for is just tell me that you're hearing us. Tell me that you, you believe you can't continue to do operate. You can't continue to operate the same way you've operated for the last two decades. Just give, give a nod to that. I think that will be well-received. Exactly. Uh, JJ Stankovich, NBCSportsChicago.com. Uh, JJ, congratulations uh, for once again raising uh, so much money for a great cause this year. Uh, can, can you share with the audience what you did uh, for, I believe it was the fourth straight year and how they could support? Yeah, so uh, thanks for asking about that, Joe. So uh, I decided before the season that I was going to donate a dollar for every tweet. I sent to Breakthrough, which is a, an organization that does a lot of really good work in East Garfield Park. And uh, I wound up tweeting over a thousand times. I donated uh, about $1,100 during the season to Breakthrough. And I had a number of people match my donations on a weekly basis, send in some ones. Um, I think all told, we probably raised over $2,000 for uh, you know the East Garfield Park community during the season. So that was a really special thing to do during the season. And it kind of came from an impetus of not wanting football season and football being back to be a distraction from racial inequality and social justice 
um, that, you know, still are, are definitely the most pressing issues in our country today. Very good. Awesome. Awesome job there. Uh, did you did you consider ever deleting a tweet during a game, but then thought better of it? You know what? I'm going to take some money away for the from the cause if I delete this tweet, so I better leave it out there. If you go back and look at my tweets during games, there are ones where like I have an error in there, <laughs> like spelling mistake, and I just quote tweeted it and like, oops, sorry. Yeah. There's more money to to break through. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, thanks, JJ. Hopefully, uh, the Bears don't uh, mess around with your offseason too much and uh, get some clarity <laughs> later on this week. And, th- and they speak to you guys. Appreciate that, Joe. Thank you, JJ Stankovitz, NBC Sports Chicago dot com. Check him out there. Follow my Twitter by his name. Th- also, uh, good stuff there from JJ. I I want to get to if you are on hold, you can call back up. Uh, Take your phone calls here, 312-644-6767. Cat, there's so much to get to here. Um, a few things that Olin Krutz said this morning on the Moline Haw Show. Same deal with Brad Biggs. Uh, I want to get to that. But I threw a poll question out on Twitter last night about the hierarchy of the Bears. And which person does a, just does a good job? And the perspective that Bears fans have right now, at the very top of the organization, it starts at the top, right? Who does their job well, from what you know? I want to talk about that on the other side, because the the responses that I got were all over the map. And it's pretty fascinating. It kind of gives you an idea uh, on how many Bears fans feel about some people that they are very frustrated every single Sunday. Very upset. But if they were to pick one that they still support, it's a challenge. It is a challenge. I want to talk about that on the other side. I know it's a, it sounds kind of confusing. You'll understand. Joe Osho, Sports Radio 670, The Score, and the Radio.com app. Believe us. This is Sports Radio 670, The Score, and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Keep believing That was a scary thought from J.J. Stankovic, uh, vi- our visit just a few moments ago, 670, the score. Joe Ostrowski here broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by our local Hyundai dealers. 8-8, eight 8-8, eight, eight eight. let's do it again. Don't change too much. The results are typically poor, and we might be there. And J.J. was kind of laying it out. Okay, they're moving on from Trubisky. So the QB1 could be Nick Foles. They'll add, but not sure how they're going to add. Trade, free agent, draft. I shrug my shoulders. I don't know what they're going to do. Week one could be Nick Foles back under center and they'll sell it as an improved offensive line. We had it, we had Castillo as offensive line coach. We figured out some stuff, and if you look at the second half of the year, the offensive line was much better. We're good. Coach him up once again. Okay, cool. Um, so, Nick Foles, where are his weapons? Dave Montgomery, he's still your running back. Oh, we loved what we saw about Montgomery when Laser was calling the plays. It was great. Really established a run game. He's, such, he's a dual threat. Awesome. All right, we got Montgomery back. He's going to have a breakout year. What else you got on offense? I, you lost Allen Robinson, huh? 
Got rid of Anthony Miller, three years, been a bust. Immaturity issues, saw it on display yesterday. Okay. Javon Wims, yeah, that's fine. Guy doesn't produce anyways. He should have had a touchdown. Could have completely changed the landscape of our playoff game last year against the Saints. We're moving on from him, too. So your mid-round draft pick, Mooney, is your number one wide receiver. What else you got? Oh, you drafted some guys? You signed some guys that people didn't want anymore? Huh. That might happen. A-Rob's gone. Trubisky's gone. If you want to keep going, we can keep going. They have a lot of important decisions to make. This week, we'll spend a lot of time on what they're going to do with the front office. Will there be any shuffling? Is the GM going to be back? We all believe the head coach is going to be back. We can reference Doug Peterson and what the Eagles decided to do three years after winning a Super Bowl, but that is not how the Bears operate, so I don't know that it's too much of a fair comp. Now, Peterson, if he doesn't get a head coaching gig, maybe he ends up on Matt Nagy's coaching staff. That That's a possibility for at least a season. But I think he might get one of these gigs out there. Sounds like Urban Meyer might be getting one of them. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. So we addressed Brandon Staley, the Rams defensive coordinator. All right? Brandon Staley, the former Bears outside linebackers coach. After the 12-4-2018 season, uh, Staley left the Bears to join Vic Fangio. I wonder what his preference was. You have the best defense in the NFL. We could promote you here to defensive coordinator, but instead what the Bears decided to do was let Staley join Fangio in Denver. And we're going to hire Chuck Pagano. And I think it's reasonable to expect the Bears to use Chuck Pagano as the coaching scapegoat for this season. We'll learn. We'll learn a lot over the next 48 hours, I assume. Here's Olin Krutz talking about Staley this morning on the Mullion Haw Show. Uh, the Bears, again, you know, you talk about don't make the same mistakes. Uh, they traded for Jay Cutler, gave up two ones and a three. And, you know, I, how many years later they do the exact same thing and give up some more picks and some more uh, for one guy. And uh, that's what I'm saying about in that building. They got to take a good look, sit in a room and start to ask each other, what, what are we doing here? Why do we continue to make the same mistakes? Uh, why doesn't our building hit on first-round picks? Why don't guys develop in our building? They got to look at the support structure around the players, around coaches, around developing coaches. Look, uh, uh, Staley, I'm going to tell you guys right now that I had heard from people when, when he was here what kind of coach this guy was going to be. This wasn't a shock. Uh, it wasn't a shock for a lot of people who knew that guy. I'm talking about the defensive coordinator for the yeah. Rams. It yeah. wasn't a shock. A lot, a lot of people knew that guy, that he became that coach. So why didn't the people in the Bears building know that? Why did he get out of the building? Uh, these are questions you got to ask yourself, okay, because they brought in Pagano and he wanted to bring his guy uh, Monachino, and then they, they let Staley go and, and go coach for Fangio, and people are already raving about this young outside linebacker coach. Olin, you got to see this guy. He's a ball, you know, he, he's a ball coach. He knows what he's doing. He loves football. 
Uh, why would a guy like that get out of your building? Uh, these are the things that Chicago Bears have to change, and they have to change quickly if they want to become a successful organization. Uh, Kurtz is always must listen to radio this morning. Mullion Hall Sports Radio 670, the score. And a few other things with Staley. He's a guy that started out as a grad assistant for three seasons at Northern Illinois from 2006 to 2008. Worked his way up going through some of the smaller schools. Then he was a grad assistant again in 2012 at Tennessee. 2012, he's a grad assistant. John Carroll. James Madison. John Carroll. So he goes from D.C. at John Carroll University in 2016 to Bears outside linebackers coach in 2017 to defensive coordinator of the Rams, one of the premier defenses in the NFL in 2020. Wow. Bears let him out of the building. They don't, they can't evaluate their own people. They can't evaluate their own talent. They can't evaluate their own coaches. Unless Staley was just locked in and he said, I'm going with Vic no matter what. Maybe. Because he plucked him from John Carroll University. That's a possibility. But man, if you're with the Bears and if he had an opportunity to be defense coordinator, doesn't sound like he did, wouldn't you just stay? I think you'd stay. And what's happening under Staley in L.A.? Leonard Floyd. And before you jump up and say, well, Aaron Donald's also on that defense, so he takes all the attention. Khalil Mack, guys. Khalil Mack. One thing you can definitely question is the lack of development. Matt Nagy's coaching staff. The knock on Floyd is he can play well against the Packers, doesn't show up the rest of the year. Rookie year wasn't terrible. He had seven sacks in 12 games. In fact, that's really, really good. But then what? Four and a half, four, and three. And don't tell me about the pressures. Was he changing the game at all? No. And he had Khalil Mack on the other side. This year, ten and a half in the regular season. He had two the other day in the playoff game. Two. And remember, Donald got injured. He was on the field, but he was obviously hobbled. Chris Ballard. Would you rather have Chris Ballard as a general manager right now or Ryan Pace? They let Chris Ballard leave. And look what he's done to that Colts roster. I know a lot of people over the years can say this, that they're only a quarterback away but where are the other questions on that roster? It's just about the quarterback. And the strong coaching staff they had got a lot out of Phillip Rivers this year. He had 11 regular season wins with this Phillip Rivers. Don't know what's going to happen. Don't know if uh, they're going to re- run it back themselves after 11 games. It was a close one against the Bills for the most part. It was. Another example, letting their own guys leave the building can't do that grass isn't always greener on the other side why are you bringing in these other people can't evaluate their own guys it's been the case for a long time with this organization i hope there was some restructuring i hope there's some sort of announcement uh with that yet 
coming up later this week. If that happens, like, okay, we can support real change. Even if you decide to bring back the head coach and general manager. If there's a change at the top, okay, that's real change. That isn't just swapping out the GM or swapping out the head coach and, okay, we're not going to clean house. We'll change one, and then then the other guy's going to go next, and back and forth, back and forth. We've seen that for decades and decades. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. I loved the Nickelodeon broadcast. I was surprised at how much I love the Nickelodeon broadcast. Went over big time in my house. I have some details for you on the other side. Joe Ostrowski here till 10. Sports Radio 670, the score and the radio.com app. This is Sports Radio 670, the score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. And two flags are down with six seconds left. I mean, look, we've got a little extra time, so I'd love to hear what Cardi B has thought of this first half. That's just me. Okay. Well, you know, Cardi B, she thinks it's been a very great game. <laughs> she thinks the Saints are doing very well, but the, Chief, the, the Ch- Chicago Bears, you know, they still got time to catch up, but the Saints, they got really good offense and defense, so it's no surprise they're doing so good. Okay. conduct. That was money. Appreciate it. on his own. All right. Let's uh So there was the problem. It was <laughs> running eighty-five is Cole Command. Uh-oh. Is that the first swear word to get on Nickelodeon? Well, of course it happened uh during an NFL game. Joe Ostrowski here, Sports Radio 670 the score. So that was from the Nickelodeon broadcast yesterday. The play-by-play announcer, Ian Eagle's son, Noah Eagle. By the way, is terrific, and he's going to be around a long time doing this. Nate Burleson, who you can catch on CBS, NFL Network as well. Busy, busy man. And uh, one of the, I think her name's Gabrielle, one of the Nickelodeon stars there. They also went to the sideline reporter from Nickelodeon throughout the game. I did not I... hear that Cardi B impression either first. That was fantastic. <laughs> it was. It was pretty good. I was skeptical. I didn't understand why they were doing it. And someone with a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. I thought it was a decent idea, but about a decade too late. So are kids really going to run into an NFL game? Because in 2021, everything's on demand. Uh, The shows that the kids watch are taped on the DVR, or they're on an app like Netflix, or they're watching stuff on YouTube. So I figured, okay good idea but it's too late i don't know that it works now anecdotally it worked because i was in the basement watching games all weekend long being a bad father and you know what my six-year-old daughter watched more football yesterday than she has probably combined in her entire life She was intrigued by the slime, the graphics. It would be Trubisky and comparing him to a Nick character. And by the way, he was the MVP. Don't forget about that. Uh, She kept talking about everything that was popping up on the screen and the replays they were using and how it looked like Minecraft characters on the whims drop when they did a replay of that kind of breaking down what happened there and the way they were dumbing it down and explaining the game like this is like your homework i thought it was so cool and just 
for my six-year-old daughter to be interested in football. I was like, wow, this hasn't happened before. She was all over it. And one of the biggest reasons is because there was a girl in the booth. Hadn't seen that before. Wait, there's a girl announcing the game. Or one of the broadcasters. I'm interested. And all the other stuff, all the bells and whistles, really got her engaged. And I love seeing it. And she said, I want to see more football games on Nick. So I thought that was cool. One sample size of one, but in my household, I thought that was a big success. And we should see more of it. And it was impressive that the NFL was the first place to really try this out. I thought it was great. Why not? It's the more the merrier. You're always looking ahead. So I, I did think that was uh, that was cool. And they did a pretty good job. So I looked this morning. And the video of Sean Payton getting slimed after the game had millions of views. Millions. I, I, I thought it was great. It's huge. So I hope we continue to see this, and maybe it's going to happen for the Super Bowl. We'll see. The first time I realized we were going to be on Nickelodeon was someone tweeted about me getting slimed, so I had to look that up. It was awesome. It was cool. And he was all about it. Good sport. It's like, all right, go ahead. Slime me. Let me take the mask off. Hold on one second. It was cool. Uh, Gino in Elmwood Park, you're on 670. The score, Joe Ostrowski. Hey, Joe. It's Gino. How are you tonight? Hey, Gino. What's on your mind? So I got two points about the children. One, one, one about the children of America, and then I'm going to tell you a story about my kids. Talk about it being a bad father. Let me let me focus okay. on point number one first. The children of America who got subjected to Nickelodeon. Wonderful idea, but whose idea was it to show them the bears and get people interested? <laughs> like you know, who they're not the going to score any points. They, they wanted to see slime in the end zone, and it wasn't going to happen much during a Bears game. Well, I, I don't know if they had time for the slime graphic for Jimmy Graham's one-hander at the end, but whatever it is, it is. I, I think that was a <laughs> terrible decision to put the Bears on. But let me tell you something about being a bad father. I'm, I give you a lot of credit for sitting your kids down and watching football. I made a terrible mistake, oh, probably about 23 years ago. My kids are 24 and 21. Uh, I have a boy and a girl. And uh, my boy is the oldest. And, of course, you know, going to the season, see, I'm a season ticket holder taking my, my kids to the game. Who are you going to take? You're going to take your oldest one. So I took my son to all the games. I left my daughter at home with my wife, who happens to be from Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, okay. if, you're, if you're following me now. So my, my poor son, he's 24, has given, been given the curse of becoming a Bears fan, while my, my lovely daughter and my lovely wife, who are Packer fans, get to enjoy all of the great things that have been happening oh. in the past 25 years. And now I've got a son. So it, don't call DCFS on me because that's child abuse. <laughs> my friend. See, I, I think you plan this out. You're like, listen, son, I've suffered. Now it's your turn to suffer. <laughs> I, I, gave my, I gave my kid a gift. At least I got to see them play in the 80s. My kid has had the raw end of the stick. But you know what? We're going to keep on trying. We're going to keep our heads up. And maybe one day, someday, we'll, we'll reverse the curse, okay? There you go. Thank you for the phone call, Gino. Yeah, I, I would say that. Referring to the Blackhawks and Bears, how they got into the postseason. The Bears, they need to expand it so 14 teams are in. They go 500. They're lucky enough to get in. For the Blackhawks, the NHL decided, well, they have 24 teams in? Just so the Blackhawks could get in. Maybe one day. 
maybe one day all the teams in town will get in the playoffs. They don't need to change the rules. How about that? Uh, Alex in Roscoe Village, you're on 670 to score. Hello. Hey, Alex. Hey, Joe. How's it going? Good, man. A couple things real quick. So I'm 29. I've been watching the Bears my entire life. Um, Obviously, the best QB in my eyes during uh, my life has been Cutler, which is a little bit depressing. Um, But in terms of uh, Ryan Pace, Nagy, and Trubisky, obviously – I want all three gone, um, but in the current state of the Bears as a whole, I don't understand how they could ever think about keeping Nagy at. Nagy has to go. I really don't understand how they could even think about keeping him. Again, three points in the playoff game, like that's mm-hmm. absolutely unacceptable. And if Trubisky is obviously not the guy, I, I really don't think he is. I think he's better than a lot of the other unrestricted free agents out there or potential draft guys that would just – push the bears back even further in terms of the future of the organization. But by keeping Nagy and getting rid of Trubisky, who else do you think in the QB market would actually work under Nagy's guru, impressive offensive system? I can't think of a single person as I would absolutely do anything to have Deshaun Watson on the bears. Yes. But, but what would, how would that even work with Nagy? Like, I don't, I don't see Watson excelling under Nagy at all. I really oh, don't think the, Nagy Alex, deserves the, the position at the, sure. in the NFL anymore. I get it. I get it. And all the good coaches, what do they do? They uh, build offenses around the quarterback, around the talent they have. Let me ask you this. I mean, this sounds like uh, I'm throwing a conspiracy theory out there. I'm dead serious. Especially after especially yesterday too, with what we saw in the middle of that game, how they were calling plays going to halftime and out of halftime. If if the Bears win that game, Trubisky's coming back. I truly wonder if promises were made to Nagy about returning, how much he wanted to, to win that game. He does not want Trubisky here. And I, I think he's done everything possible to make it clear that it's this offense is never going to work with Trubisky here. I think that's part of the reason we've seen the poor play calling. Yeah, absolutely. But even in terms of the upper management, how, who would they think that could work with Nagy? Like not that Prescott, like even Carson Wentz, any of these dudes, even Fitzmagic. I don't, I don't see any of those guys working (laughs) under Nagy's type of system. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Alex. I, I understand your issues with Nagy. Um, the real decision makers, the ones on top, we're talking about George. Bears fan your entire life. You think they're going to pay him two years for two years to go away? You think that's going to happen? The case for Nagy is uh, zero losing seasons in three years. And they can make an argument. I don't buy into it because it's a convenient ar- argument only when the Bears win. But they would make the argument that players fight for him. Look what they did at the end of the year. I mean, I thought it was about scheduling. Literally the three worst defenses on in the NFL were there for three straight games. And so then you could build that narrative. Oh, they're fighting for the head coach. You see what they're doing? They play for that guy. Huh? Or you face the worst defenses in the NFL and you just happen to score points then. It's not about the offense working now. 
It's about the defenses you are going up against, about the matchups, like it usually is. Now, you give them credit for doing that against bad defenses. I, I understand why you don't like Matt Nagy. I get it 100%. Why you have issues with him. Let's get to that on the other side a little bit. That's important to discuss, too. When you go to the top, when it starts at the top, who do you trust in the Bears organization? Can you name one? The results from this this, uh, Twitter poll that I did, at Joe0670, pretty fascinating. I want to go over them with you next. Joe Osho, 670, the score on the radio.com app. I love calling plays. I love it. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 